Yes, we're going to be taking communion. So if you have a piece of bread and a drink, Harvest has already tried to steal mine twice this morning. He thinks it's fun and asked, oh, wait a minute, when, are you, when do you need these so I can come and take them from you? He remembers the last time that he stole my drink. Um, so it's a game now. So uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. And it's, uh, it's good to be with you on here. It's good to um, have the chance to to be, uh, as Jenny said, scripture people or Jesus people, or right? That's what you are if you are here. So whatever title that may be, some of those may be derogatory that in your mind, but we think those are good to be here. No, you cannot have that drink. He just took it. <laughs> but good morning. First, one want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for all of you continue to, with your generosity, to participate in the mission of the church, right? Leveraging your possessions, leveraging what God has given you for the good of the world and toward the ministry that has moved out through this collective of people called Genesis. So thank you. Thank you during a time when, um, if, if there was any moment where we could believe in this idea of scarcity, meaning that there isn't enough, there's not going to be enough, um, you're not gonna have enough. No, I need all those things. You can't take my phone. Thank you. <laughs> You're okay. Put it back, please. Thank you. All right. To believe that there, right? That we are, we have a God of abundance. That's the thing that we've been believing. It doesn't mean that there will not be moments where, um, that we not have need, but we have a guy who supplies what we need, again and again and again. So God, so thank you for that. And so uh, for those of you who've been giving virtually through sending in your gift through a check or doing it digitally, mailing things, right? Thank you for, um, for stepping into that and your generosity. So let me give thanks and kind of pause this morning. You are crazy. Now I'm going to pray and thank God for his goodness, okay? God, thank you for your generosity towards us. Thank you, God, that you supply the needs that we have. And if we're even coming in this morning with great need, we lift our voice, God, for the families that are on here, knowing of need that they may have that's physically, financially, whatever those might be. Lord Jesus, help. Help, God. Supply the needs for neighbors or if they have family members who are in trouble, whose lives seem to be <clears throat> hanging in the balance. Jesus, help. Lord, where there's poverty and deep ache and deep despair, Jesus, help. Lord, would you multiply what we have, God, for your good. May it be used for your good and your kingdom purpose. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, what letter is that? Yes, we have letters all over our house, right, to be training. Good morning again. We're, um, we've been calling this sort of theme of teachings the gift of hope, and, and it's going to lead up to Easter with that, right? And so there's totally this gift of hope. And the story in the life of Jesus that we want to look at is Luke 19, <laughs> verses 1 to 10. So Luke 19, 1 to 10. So if you've got a Bible, feel free to pull that, pull that open. Uh, you bring that in. 
I love the stories of the life of Jesus. Again, I always like to kind of even encourage us in it to say, we follow Jesus, right? Our, Jesus is our way, our truth, our life. And so, so here's this. Let me, let me pray as we begin with that. Feel free to read along um, on your screen. If you have a Bible um, nearby, you can kind of read along with it. So, Father, open our eyes to the beauty, God, of your revelation. Open our eyes to God, to your life and to the life that you're inviting us to. Open us eyes to your love, to your goodness. Open our eyes to hope that is found in you. Thank you for being among us. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, this is Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way. No, no. Here, go see mom. Here we go, 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He is gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has showed himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. This is a, is a beautiful account, right? Account in the life of Jesus. And it's one that is filled with hope. A story of someone somehow get, hearing that Jesus is nearby wants to get a glimpse at him. Right? Wants to even just to see what is going on. And yet the story doesn't tell us over the conversations, right? It, it, it only tells us these little bits, but it shows us this like evidence of something way more profound where the life of someone is altered and where Jesus is wanting to alter the lives of everyone who hears it with great hope. It is a world-changing story. It's a life-changing story. And it's one that I just want to tune in to the hope that's involved in it and see um, how that hope of Jesus uh, needs to meet you today, needs to meet me today, right, for our good. So the gift of hope. There's so much to this. But even uh, beginning off, I want to say this, this story the gift of hope is offered first in this way. It shows us that God has made a way for dealing with sin and failure. 
Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus, right? Uh, as he is there uh, known as this notorious sinner, the chief, right? The chief of the tax collectors, the guy who's on the top. If there's a pyramid of somebody getting rich off texting collectus, texting, collecting taxes, it's Zacchaeus, right? For however this funnels up, it's funneled to him. And everyone can see it and everyone knows it. This is the guy who is gaining the most off of others. It's a story of oppression, right? It's a story of, of one who is, who, who, there's a system that is in place of oppression. And Zacchaeus is the one who's benefiting the most. That's kind of a big deal, right? It's things that you'd probably want to hide a little bit. Maybe it's something within different crowds that you'd be ashamed and embarrassed of. But this is a story of God making a way for dealing with sin and failure. Now you get you say that it that may not be explicit in the text, but it is. But here's this notorious person, right? A sinner, one who's who's failing to love people, right? One one who has lost the way a bit and has found themselves oppressing people. And here is the way. God has made a way for dealing with sin and failure. And you say, well, what's the way? Well, the way is Jesus. I don't want to be, us to be anyone else to be confused as we read into the story, the way of addressing sin and failure. It was Jesus. Jesus is the way of addressing sin and failure. He's our way. Right, and that is the best news that we could hear, this sort of gift of hope. Dealing with our own failures, dealing with our own sin, Jesus is the way to deal with our sin and failure. And he, he stepped in, and that's why when Zacchaeus would come to him, he could accept him and he pursues him because he's the way dealing with sin and failure. His way, this way to deal with it, as we all know where we're leading, right? As Ashley reminded us, it's going to lead to the crucifixion which was a part of Jesus's way where he would go to death, right? Where they pay this penalty of dealing with our sin and our failure. And sometimes we even can't fathom how this adds up. But again, God has told us it does. This is how he deals with it, his love, his act of redemption, God's way of taking our debt, debt and cleansing us. And not only through his death, but his way is also through the resurrection. Right, that is the way. Through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And as a people of Jesus, we remind ourselves again and again and again. It was even, it was even the song that James had us sing this morning. I won't boast in anything. But Jesus, his death and resurrection... I was looking for my communion elm. Oh, there they are. And I was like, oh, that turkey took my lemonade that I had for communion. But he didn't. He just hit it. <laughs> so the way we remember, right, the way that we acknowledge the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus in our lives for those of us who are who are our people, right? The way that we say yes to, the way we've said yes to it, right? Many of us, when we first said yes to the 
the, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus, that was in baptism, right? We're baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus. But the way we continue to be reminded and, to, and we continue to live in it and we, we continue to remember the power of it is through communion. Again and again, that we're welcome to the table of God. He's made a way with dealing with our sin and our failure through his death and resurrection. And Jesus met with his disciples who were needing him to make a way for their sin and failure as we are. He took the bread and he broke it. Right? He took the, the challah or the, uh, the bread that they had. It wasn't challah, right? Because it was without leaven. But he took, the, he took the, the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that's broken for you. Take it and eat. And so I invite you, as you had those elements, to take your bread and to tear and to eat, right? To remember, to take it in, that he is our life. He is our, Jesus has to matter way through his broken body. Jesus, thank you for your body that is broken for us. Thank you. Thank you for providing this way. And we eat in gratitude to you. Sorry, you have to hear my chewing. Set my microphone on. But at the same time, he took wine, right? Or whatever you drink, but it was wine. He said, oh, this is the blood of the forgiveness of sins. Right? Jesus' blood that would bring complete forgiveness. For all your sin, for all my sin, for the sins of the world. Upon his gift, his shedding, his obedience. He took it and he gave thanks to God. And so God, thank you. We bless you, God, that you step to us and you offer the forgiveness of sin. So you have made a way for dealing with our sin and our failure. We don't have to hide it. We don't ignore it. We acknowledge it, Lord. We acknowledge your way is through the death and resurrection of Jesus. You are our redeemer. You are our savior. We praise you, God. And so may you drink this act of faith in our Messiah, Jesus. Amen. So the gift of hope is that God has made a way for dealing with sin and failure. The other great gift of hope that is in this is that we are a new creation and we are under continual renewal. There's this reality of this new creation that happens within this, these acts of God of saving the world. And in this story of Zacchaeus, we get to see this. It's not this, 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 this sort of, right? And in that new creation that we see, we see it as Zacchaeus responds to the love of God that accepts him and pours upon him, this new creation is birthed in him and his worldview changes, right? And we see the effects of this beautiful, beautiful response here. His worldview is flipped and he responds in repentance and love and he gives half of his wealth to the poor and he makes right to those to whom he has wronged. 
right? That, that's, this is this new creation, this, this renewal that takes place in him that flips upside down. It's extreme. Hey, this isn't just, this is, this is one of those ones where you see it and you're kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? The way that he interacts and sees the world and is responding this moment, he responds to it. It's that hope, right? This hope of a new creation. And it's the hope that we are under continual renewal. And in this, there's this admitting of wrong and asking for forgiveness and trying to make restitution. And all these things, it's like the spring rain. When you think of renewal, right? We think of spring that all of us are beginning to see right now. Sitting outside yesterday in the warmth of the sun, right? It's the falling of the ground. And Zacchaeus does this, right? He, he responds. He's admitting his wrong. If I've wronged people, which he knows that he has, right? He knows that he's cheated people. He's been wrong with the possessions that he had. I'm going to repay him four times. He's going to ask for forgiveness and then make amends. And this is like the spring rain. And these actions um, within, within Judaism, right, and within their whole temple structure, there was this thing called thank offerings to God, right? And it was just for God's goodness, you would give thanks and you would offer this offering to God. And his response of giving half his possessions. It's not the way he didn't earn his salvation. This wasn't how he was saved because the salvation is a gift of God through Jesus. But yet this renewal that he experienced, right? This new creation birthing in this response of love that he gave away half of his stuff, like half to, to the poor, right? To those who are in need, he responds. Something that seems like he did not care about up until that moment. And somehow he could live with himself in the way that he'd wronged others. He responded with forgiveness. This is renewal. It's a change of heart. And so his actions are like a thank offering of a changed heart. And in his changed heart, love for God is expressed as love for others. You know how interesting it would be that if we um, were always, when we were when we were giving to others and to those who were in need. I think sometimes we can give to people and we can respond out of like, oh, you're just so poor. I, you know what, I just, you're out of pity, right? <laughs> um, and there, there is so something really demeaning, right? When we give just when we have, you know, it's not compassion, right? Compassion is beautiful. But boy, when, there, when there's a response, an offering to the poor that is like, I am so thankful. My heart was so messed up and God saved me. I just, I just wanted to say thank you to God. Here's my gift. Here's my gift to you. Right? Uh, then it's a response that just, it's almost, it's like, yeah, that person is in need. But in the way you're giving it to him, it's saying, oh my gosh, I was in such need. And God changed my heart. And I'm just trying to say thank you to God for changing my heart. Here's, here's a gift to you. That's a different story, right? I don't know. I thought, I, I, that for me was kind of grabbing me. I was finding it beautiful. That, that's what his gift is like. It's a thank offering to God. He is having compassion towards the poor, but it's in response. It's a thank offering to God for his love. We see this, this, this idea, this new creation and that we are under continual renewal. It's making amends to those that we've wronged.
it's not one time that happens in Nikias's life. This is this is it's ongoing in us. We make amends. It's like spring rain in our life. And we make these amends, it's like proclaiming that Jesus is at work in me and that God cares for others. We make things right, we make amends. It, it, for any of you who've walked the 12, the 12 steps, right? That's a big one about making amends. That those you have wronged, I don't know if any of you guys have ever tried to give an account, right? Where you've, you've looked over your life and you're kind of like, oh gosh, who have, I, who have I wronged? And you begin to make an account and you try to make amends. And it's not only one time where this is needed, this is an ongoing renewal, right? Continual renewal at the response of God's love. I have, um, I've responded at times. I, mean, I can, I, I've got some silly ones where I can even recall where God led me to respond, right? I remember the Lord had brought up a time when I, when I was even in, it was, it was early on in my faith journey. I don't know, I was in my 20s, but the Lord reminded me of how I lied to a high school teacher. And then when I went home to Missouri, which was not often, it was like, hey, reach out to them and, and, and let her know you lied to her about something. Right? And let her know that you wanted to make amends for that. It, it, another one, even more ridiculous. We had thrown this party at this house that we had and, and somebody had drank too much and threw up in the bathtub and um, he left his shirt. You shouldn't drink too much, right? Um, and, um, and I kept the shirt because I was mad at him, right? And this is, this is a totally ridiculous story. I was like, that's a nice denim shirt, right? And I was like, uh-uh, I'm keeping it. He threw up in my bathtub. It's my shirt now. And you know how ridiculous that is? But it was like, I felt like I needed to make amends for that and give him his shirt back. So when I returned home, I was like, oh, I got to find him and give him his shirt. So I couldn't even find him, right? But I had to give it to my buddy. So I'm like, hey, can you give this shirt back to this guy? I was wrong keeping his shirt for him throwing up in our bathtub. Yeah, so that, that, that sometimes, but, but sometimes the amends are, are, are a big deal, right? They're, um, they're serious offenses. They're big time wrongs that we have to turn and we have to look back and we have got to ask forgiveness for. We look to make right. Even this week as I was sitting with this text, I was kind of in processing, oh Lord, is there anybody who, is, what, is there renewal that's needed in me, right? A continual renewal. Jesus, I don't have to be afraid. See, we do know, right? Some of the, some of the most disgusting stuff of Christianity is, is those who live like they don't need it. They don't need to be renewed, right? They live like they've all got it all perfect and all they do is look down on everybody else. All they're doing is speaking out against the other parts of culture that they think are bad. But yet there's no need for continual renewal in them. There's no repentance, right? That's, that's the hypocrisy, that's the, that's the grossness. But to, all of us are in need of continual renewal where Jesus is renewing us. That's a recorder that you can hear in my background that Harvest is playing. Someone gave him a recorder. I don't know who did it. I will forgive you and you need to make amends in my house, whoever brought that recorder. But uh, this week as I was even um, praying, right, and seeking the Lord about, all right, Lord, what do you want to bring to my attention? And, and one, he brought up somebody in my mind that I invited to help. A while ago, the Lord had brought to my attention for me to to leverage stuff and to help them. 
and um, and I started it, but I never finished it. I didn't do what I felt like I was being invited to do because it was too hard. Right? That I was kind of like, ah, oh, that's going to take too much work. And so the Lord brought him up to my mind. It was like, go look for him. Go look for him and see if you can find him. And so I spent some time this week to look for him. I couldn't find him yet. But, but he's invited me to have my eyes open for him and to, God willing, to continue in that work. The other thing that Larry even brought to my mind was the time that somebody brought up um, something even in the church was like even our care, the care for the single people in our church, right? The care and the concern for those who are single, because um, as I've been told, right, and as we begin to listen, we can hear and hear and hear again and again, especially in this last year, for the people that are single even within our community and the world, it's been hard. It's been super hard. And so there was a care for singles. And I, I remember even reading, right, like you, you, uh, if you read early on in the book of Acts, we see this church, right, who was always in the need of renewal. And, and early on, it was, the, um, it was the widows who were being overlooked. Right, and this, and this, was, this was a sin, right? This is the thing of saying, oh gosh, we, we, we don't want to overlook widows. And so anytime somebody's being overlooked, it's a chance to respond. And so they empowered people. And they're like, okay, we, got, we want to care for these people. And so that was kind of brought up. And it was like, in this, this sort of care for singles. And sometimes it can be like, gosh, I don't even know what to do, right? We can, the, like in most things in my life, if anything seems too hard, right? I don't know if you're like that too. You're like, oh, I don't want to. But yet the Lord is inviting us and in, in wanting to give us resources and energy based on the love of Jesus to bring us renewal. So maybe even for you, the care of singles is something that, you know, even if you want to throw it in the chat saying, hey, I would love to help care for single people at Genesis. I would love to reach out to people. Throw me in the direct message me. Let me know. We'd love to help just to have our eyes on that, right, as a church, to be loving people in our community who potentially are hurting, right, feeling lonely, that they're not forgotten. Caring for the people within our community. So the great hope of this text is that, right? That we are a new creation. If you trust in Jesus, you are, and as equally as true, um, you're under in the need of continual renewal. There's hope of that, right? It's not bad news. That's not bad news. Because every time you get to express that renewal that Jesus is doing, you're announcing this good news that Jesus is at work in you, right? And how much, how, how much Jesus loves. Those are two parts of hope early on. Here's the other part of hope. Here's the third part, right, within this text, the gift of hope. Jesus is on the hunt for the lost. Right, that's, that the whole story is pointing this. It says, oh, the Son of Man, which is a reference to Jesus. Jesus is on the hunt for the lost. Right, that's hope. Jesus is still on the hunt for the lost. I don't know, do you recall your story? For those of you who have encountered Jesus, or there's a moment when you said, oh, I was lost, I was found. Jesus was on the hunt for you. 
The story is that story. That's, what, that's Jesus' final line, is that's what he's telling. As Zacchaeus thought he wanted to see Jesus, Jesus is walking through, sees him and says, I must stay at your house. Come on down, I gotta be with you. Zacchaeus thought he was the one who was like, oh, I just gotta get to see him. And Jesus was like, no, I, I need to see you. Because he was on the hunt for the lost. God reaches out right, to accept the lost people, the sinner, the, right, those who are, need to be saved. That is us. God reaches out to accept the sinner who discovers that he or she can turn to God. Jesus is on the hunt for the lost. And so for every one of us who have found ourselves in Jesus, right, Jesus is the one who sought us. The Spirit of God was the one who sought us. That's great hope. Jesus is on the hunt for the lost. And here's this other part of great hope, that Jesus is still on the hunt for the lost and that the Spirit is inviting you. You've been invited to help. You don't save anybody. We know that. But you have been invited to help. Jesus is still on the hunt for the lost, and you have been invited to help in this. See, Jesus' mission is to seek and to save those who are lost, a mission that Jesus has given to his people. The co-mission, hey, come with me in this. Go on the hunt. Jesus even spoke out. He was like, hey, the, as God sent me, I send you. You don't save anybody, right? Jesus is the one who does that, but he's inviting you to join with what Jesus is doing. He's on the hunt for the lost. Here's the million dollar question with this. So my friends, family, right? For those of you who are following Jesus, here's the question. This is a question I'm trying to ask more often, but I find this to be the million dollar question with this, right? This great hope, hope that Jesus is on, is that, is, is there anybody that God, right? That the Holy Spirit is calling you to be more intentional with this week? Is there anybody that you sense that God's inviting you to be more intentional with this week? See again, you are not making this happen. We are, you don't save anybody. It's the Spirit of God. God is on the hunt. God, God is seeking us. And so the question is, oh Lord, are you, are you inviting me to be more intentional with anybody? Because Jesus was incredibly intentional here. Zacchaeus, come down. I need to be a guest at your house today. And so the, that question is that, is there anybody, Lord, is there anybody that you're calling me to be more intentional with this week? And if you hear of anything, I just want you to live into that. That's the life. It's living into Jesus. It's living into the life of Jesus, living into the way of Jesus. Live into that. What do you do? I don't know. Ask the Spirit. Ask God. Be more intentional. I don't know. You call him and say, hey, I need to go in your house this week. All right? If you're comfortable doing that or able to do it, or they let you. I don't know. 
But the disciple question, right, is to know that there's this gift of hope that God is on the hunt for the lost, and he wants to include you to be a part of that. God is the one who saved people, not you. But he's inviting you to be a part of this, as if Jesus was in you into whatever was coming out of your mouth to share, as if Jesus was saying it through you. But yet it's Jesus who's saving people, not you. Jesus is still on the hunt for the lost, and you've been invited to help. Who is Jesus inviting you to be more intentional with this week? So let me pause and, and ask him to see if he brings anyone to mind. Right? This is the discipleship practice um, of this. So Father, you are the God who seeks and saves the lost. Holy Spirit, is there anyone that you're inviting us to be more intentional with this week? Move, God, move, move our minds to remember them, thinking through the places we go or where we are to see people. Lord, would you bring someone to mind that you might be inviting us? Come, Lord. Now, if you're praying and the Lord brought something to your mind, my encouragement is just live into that. Right? Live into it. Try, like, step to it, right? It's live into it. You know, God, bring it into your mind. I, I believe it's for your good, right? And it's for that person's good. It's brought up because God loves you and wants to include you into this. That your worldview could be changed too. That, oh yeah, uh, I want to follow God's agendas in this world, but for the other person's good too. But just live into it, not out of guilt or just out of love. That's love for you, wanting to include you, to be a part of what God is doing in the world. Live into it. And the question we'll ask is, how did that go? How's that going as you live into what God is doing? This is what it is to be a part of the kingdom of God. It's living in to the things of Jesus. That last part, right, where Jesus is still on the hunt for the lost, and you've been invited to help. That's the question I want us to be asking. When we do the lilies, that's what we're asking. Right? We're, we're living into this. We're wanting to be bold in that. We believe that God is on the hunt for the lost, and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to do it, and we're going to equip some people to be intentional and prayerful and bold. And so today, we want to invite you to stick around a little bit for that. But one of the other things that the Lord has been revealing to me um, as I long to step into this, and even as we a longing to see missional communities built up in this life of this church, right? That'd be a people coming together for the, the purposes of God, right? Which would be, would be all of these things that we've talked about, this, these gifts of hope that are theirs, of people who are living into the reality that God has made a way, right, for our sin and our failure, and to be a group of people who are living to the reality that we are new creations, right? And that we're in the need of renewal, and that God has given it, right? And that Jesus is the way, and that Jesus is on the hunt for the lost. So we would create communities of people who are like, yeah, we're being invited into that. We're going to encourage each other into that life. These things are needed. We're longing to have these kinds of communities. 
one of the things the Lord's been inviting me to do, because Jesus invited us to do that. He said, yeah, the, um, when Jesus looked out at the world, he saw that there was this, this reality. He said, um, look out into the world. The, the fields are ripe with harvest. And I think sometimes when we look out, we don't think so, right? But Jesus said they're right with harvest, meaning that God was on the hunt for those, right? That God uh, saw this harvest that was happening because he was the one who was at work because there was this planting and sowing that God was doing in the hearts and the minds of people. God who brings this salvation, this is a work of God. But Jesus said in this call, right? In this idea that the harvest is plentiful, then he said, but the laborers are few. Pray to the God of the harvest for laborers. And so for those people that you care about in your life, I've been praying for laborers, right? I've been praying for people who are willing to labor, who are willing to join with the work of God to seek and save the lost, who would be willing to labor for that, be willing to go after, be willing to put their hand in that. They're not the one all doing the work, but they're willing to say yes. They're willing to say yes, right, to whatever the Lord whispers to them. So pray for laborers who would respond to people. I, I, I pray for laborers at Genesis, right? And that is many of you who are willing to say yes as the Lord whispers to you, right, to love people in his name, to be intentional with others, to give time, however he, he invites you to even to to make things right, right? Those who are willing to labor. So let me pray. So Father, thank you for this story of hope, this gift of hope that you have given us. Thank you, God, for dealing with sin and failure through Jesus. And thank you for dealing with my sin and failure. Thank you for dealing with the sin and failure of my friends who are in this call. You've dealt with our sin and failure. Thank you. You don't have to hide it. You are our way. You're our truth. You're our life. Praise you, God, for the new creation in us. We praise you, God, that we are that, and we are, and as the paradox is, and this new creation is as we are, Lord, is that we're in need of continual renewal. And you don't abandon us. You renew us. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for your renewing work. Maybe say yes to it. Follow it. Thank you, Jesus, that you are on the hunt for the lost. Thank you. And thank you that you're inviting us to join you to be with you in this, that we could see your love, we could see your work, we could join in it for our good and the good of others. And we pray for laborers, Lord. May you send laborers into the neighborhoods and places all over this world to the people whom we know and love, who, need, who we long to know you and to know your goodness. Oh, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Thanks for the encouragement, Bo. Uh, we're going to close our uh, service time together, and then we're going to take 
a six minute break. And then at 11.07, a nice prime number, we're gonna come back and have like a 10 minute training on the lilies um, and the lily giveaway. So we have 320 lilies coming in that we want to use uh, to be a part of proclaiming um, God's care and love for others. So we'll come back at 11.07. It's 11.02 if you need to use the restrooms or turn your uh, camera off um, if you're planning to do that. Okay. 11.07.